What? I think it's useful to inquire of myself about the quality of my existence and my contribution to the commonweal. Never mind what I set out to do. What have I done? What's my record as a citizen of Earth? Likewise, what in the name of God am I doing queries my actions on behalf of all that I say I believe and hold sacred. And finally, the question with ongoing relevance, what will I think of next, is a way of asking if my mind is a stagnant cesspool of worn-out notions, or if I am still mentally active, still replacing archaic information with fresh and better ideas. Am I still thinking, still asking, still learning? When my mother asked me her questions, I hated her. Her tone of contempt raised blisters on my soul. And looking back now, what I really hated was knowing that there were no acceptable responses to her inquest. This was not an invitation to a friendly symposium. She wasn't really asking. She was obliquely declaring that I was a loser, an idiot, and a pain in the ass. And I suppose I was, at least some of the time. But then, so was she, some of the time. Now, I think better of her, and me, and the questions. So, energized by my thinking, I hurried around the fence to enlighten the mother who had been whipsawing Billy in the back seat. The kid was gone. The mother was sitting in the car weeping and beating both hands on the steering wheel while muttering to herself. Oh, I remember those parental moments. And this is probably not the time for the unknown wise man to suddenly appear from behind the fence and explain to this vexed lady the deeper meaning of the mother questions. I didn't want to have to answer that other great mother question which she would have asked me. Who do you think you are? And that's the big one, isn't it? A flourishing life depends on how you answer that. Who do I think I am? The uncontestable truth is that we come and go in sealed solitude. You cannot ever know what other people really think of you. Even your mother did not tell you the truth all the time. And the world will tell you what it thinks you want to hear, not always what you need to know. What you think of you is what finally matters. When you look in the bathroom mirror in the morning, the court is open for business. And you are the jury and the judge on the case. Will the defendant please answer the mother questions? What on earth have you done? What in the name of God are you doing? What will you think of next? And if you know, you can say who you think you are. This next essay was provoked by the last one. It's about solitude. The rose line is often quoted, The man who goes each day to the village to hear the latest news has not heard from himself in a long time. It's as if he thought solitude were a rare condition avoided by most people. But the contrary is true. The man who hears only from himself most of the time needs to get in touch with the village. Even Henry knew that. He didn't go very far, wasn't gone very long, and historians have proved that Thoreau walked the two miles into Concord almost every day 
and he welcomed visitors at his pond. Henry Thoreau was lonely, and that's why he finally moved back to town. Solitude is our norm, and it's often as painful as it is pleasurable, especially if you are depressed or afraid or anguished or confused. Nobody is excluded from feeling left out. The solution to aloneness is not more solitude, but companionship and community, and to make inevitable solitude work in your favor. If you want meaningful solitude, it's not far away, actually. Retreating to the woods alone isn't required. In shutting off phones, TV, newspapers, radio, and email, and spending a day inside by myself without background distractions, I often hear from myself. Sometimes what I hear is good news, but not always. Solitude is hardly guaranteed bliss. On stage...